Welcome back to One Nail at a Time, Insights for Building Your Patient's Medical Home. I'm Lori. And I'm Michelle, and we're with the Alberta Medical Association. So welcome to part two of CIICPAR. In part one, we talked to Dr. Heidi Fell about CIICPAR. That's right. And she gave a, a really awesome overview of what it is. But in case you didn't get a chance to listen to that, I'll just give you the Coles notes that uh, CII is Community Information Integration, which is a system that transfers select patient information between community EMRs and other members of the patient's care team through Alberta NetCare. And the Central Patient Attachment Registry, which is CPAR, is a provincial system that captures the confirmed relationship of a primary provider and their paneled patients. And together, as CII CPAR, they enable the health system integration and improved continuity of care that are essential and foundational implementation elements of the patient's medical home. And you didn't read that at all, did you, Michelle? I did not. I just I, knew that. No, off the but top it was of my head. It was amazing how Heidi just mm. it just rolled off her tongue. Yes. But on today's episode, uh, we've taken a little bit of a different approach. Uh, mm-hmm. We asked three physicians to share their story uh, on their experience with CIIC PAR so far. So we are going to be hearing from two family physicians and one community specialist today. That's right. And our first is Dr. Joseph Ojedikin. Yeah. So Dr. Joseph is a family physician in Whitecourt. It's a town with a population of about 10,000. He has his community practice and he also uh, works in an HS facility there. And he's been on CIIC PAR for about two months now. Mm-hmm. And he's going to talk about a male patient that he had previous to being on CIIC PAR. It was um, a male patient in his mid-50s who Dr. Joseph suspected had a spinal cord compression situation. He referred him to a neurologist who confirmed that diagnosis and planned uh, scheduled surgery. And so we pick up with Dr. Joseph at that point. Um, they went for surgery. Um, I did not know when the patient had surgery. I was not informed when the patient was admitted to the hospital. I received no notification when my patient developed post-op complications, including myocardial infarction twice. Um, he developed stroke. He was rehabilitated for months in the hospital. And um, as a residual from his stroke, he became wheelchair-bound. After about a year, the patient and his family came into my office. Um, He was crying. Um, This was um, a very strong man. I'd never seen him. I'd never seen him crying. Severely depressed, asking for something for depression. and all that was due to complications of surgery. Now, the problem is not the depression itself and, you know, the complications of surgery. The problem is that the family did not believe that I had no notification of the events that had happened in the previous year. Today, that never happens again. That does not happen again. Um, with CICPAR, E-notification is very easy. Um, you know when your patient is going to the hospital, uh, when they are 
when they attend emergency department or they are admitted in the hospital or uh, when they have surgery or when they are discharged, you don't have to wait for discharge summaries to be sent to you before you are aware of what's happening to your patients. And uh, the good thing about it is for those patients that you have good and relational continuity with, you are able to contact the patient before the patient um, comes to follow up with you. Um, it's not uncommon for me to, fo to follow up with patients um, just as they were being discharged from the hospital because immediately they click the discharge button in the hospital, you get a notification in the clinic. It comes in in the morning and the afternoon. So it's so beautiful that um, you are kept aware, you're in the loop, and um, the patients feel um, um, they can't, they, they, their care is, um, is continuous, you know, across the healthcare system. A powerful story. And I agree with Dr. Ojedekin. It's an interesting point that patients think that this communication is going on. Uh, we know in 2017, there was a patient survey that was done for CII, and it asked Albertans about this. And over 70% of patients surveyed thought that care providers already have access to some or all of their record. That's right. And in fact, when as part of that survey, they also described exactly what CII at that point would be. And over 93% of patients said that they would approve of their information being shared across the system that way. So it's, it is interesting as a family physician um, with CII CPAR, now there's a way to declare to the system, this is my patient and I have information about them that could potentially have an impact on their, their health, um, especially in situations where we're talking about an emergency department. Mm -hmm. And so in Dr. Jedekin's story, the patient um, hit the hospital but it's worth noting that this is not just for uh, family physicians, it's for all community physicians, including specialists. So next, we're going to hear from Dr. Steve Tilly, who's a cardiologist in Red Deer. He has a private community practice, and he's also staff at the Red Deer General Hospital. He's been on CII for several months, and he uploads his consult notes, some follow-up notes, and stress tests. Great. Let's hear what Dr. Tilly has to say. CII has had a, an enormous impact in my practice. We have uh, a community practice with cardiologists and uh, here in Red Deer, Alberta, we deliver uh, consultation, uh, uh, consultation follow-ups and, um, and stress tests out of our office. And those reports uh, prior to CII would sort of uh, just go out into the ether. They go back. A copy would go back to the family doctor, but there'd be no copies uh, anywhere on Alberta Neck Care. And if the patient went into the emergency department, they would not be available. Um, so uh, we implemented CII uh, probably last fall, and uh, it's been a tremendous help. We have had a, a patient uh, in particular uh, from uh, one of the rural communities uh, here in Central Alberta who was uh, referred by his family doctor uh, to see me in the office um, for, I think it was exertional shortness of breath. Uh, the patient had um, had a workup at the office, 
found to have uh, severe aortic stenosis, um, was further worked up, and 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 I attended the, the the conference call when you figure out how to fix someone's valve, where you figure out what the game plan is to fix someone's valve, and and uh, the plan was after discussion that the patient would have uh, a TAVI valve, that's a, a valve that's uh, fixed through a through a less invasive procedure through through your leg as opposed to doing an an open heart surgery, so so that was the plan for this patient, and they patient came to see me in follow-up and we documented that, that was the plan and, 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 and it was going to take three to six months to get done. Um, so, so that was fine. And the patient, uh, and the patient went home now, uh, several weeks or, may, or maybe a month or two later, uh, the patient, uh, ended up back in, in, in a rural, uh, emergency department, uh, with complaining of a, acute onset shortness of breath. And, uh, and in fact, uh, it was in pulmonary edema. So, so, so this patient, then, uh, the family doctor or the emergency, or the, the doctor that was covering the emergency uh, department, uh, in this rural hospital, then just, you know, went, went in and, and, and went into neck care, uh, looked up the patient's information and then saw the consultation and saw the follow-up note that said the plan was, uh, you know, the diagnosis was aortic stenosis and the plan was to have a tabby valve in three to six months. Then using that information, then they were able to uh, quickly, quickly a figure out what to do for that patient. Uh, 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 that then and there, and and moreover, they were able to to contact me and Red Deer, and we were able to get that patient transferred in. Um, and and from there, uh, we sort of uh, optimized the patient medically. Then contacted the facility in, I believe it was Edmonton, uh, to get that to get that valve uh, procedure expedited. So, so then the patient, uh, you know, shortly thereafter had that valve uh, fixed and, and is now doing fine. Um, the advantage that this had for the, in this scenario was if the emergency doctor in this rural community didn't have that patient's information on neck care and, and, and there, and nowhere else on neck care was that information documented that the plan was to have a tabby valve and, and that the wait time was going to be three to six months, et cetera. Um, if the doctor didn't have that information, um, then, then it would have not been quite as smooth. The doctor may have been able to reconnect the dots, uh, and, and likely would have in due course. However, the question is, is would the patient have been really managed as quickly and, and how many more hospital bed days would have been consumed? And would the patient of outcome have, have been as good? I mean, part of, part of the situation is, uh, when you have someone who's who's deteriorating, is is that you know really we need to get moving on them, and um, and the fact that everything was able to happen quickly because we had a good sharing of information uh, was particularly important. So so I, I think there's unequivocal benefit uh, of CIH for this particular patient and and to many uh, many of my patients uh, and patients in my practice here here in Central Alberta. Um, so uh, so. So certainly, thanks for to, to, to AMA and to uh, I guess Alberta Health for for organizing this and, and get making CII happen because it's a, a certainly a, a very useful tool. Wow, that's another really great story that that highlights not only the value of CII CPAR to the clinicians but also to the patient, and in this case. It wasn't reliant on the patient to remember exactly what had happened in their interactions with Dr. Tilly. Uh, all of Dr. Tilly's notes were available to the doctor in the emergency department so that they could easily follow up and pick up on the thread of care for that patient. 
And it also highlights how CII is provincial. It's not just a local solution because, as we know, patients move around. Mm-hmm. And we hear this theme again in our final story today with Dr. Chris Lay. Dr. Lay is a newer family physician with a practice in the small town of Edmonton. So again, we see this patient who crosses city borders and goes urban to rural. All right, let's hear the last story. And um, concurrent to while I was working with her, um, our clinic was uh, getting onboarded for CII CPAR. So that allowed us to attach her to me, but then also for me to have an opportunity to make notes to her care and put into net care really through CII. So I was taking care of the patient uh, for several months, but eventually her living situation destabilized and she ended up moving into a community in rural Alberta. And uh, not sh- not too long after that, she started to present to uh, some of the healthcare facilities there. And so it was nice that, you know, as uh, she's attached to me, I was getting e-notifications that she was coming to the eMERGE. And, and for me, based on the work that I had already done with her, you know, I was available to provide any information to any of the healthcare teams that needed uh, any more context for her. But I think I also contributed some of that through uh, the notes that I had made through CII on NetCare. And um, so eventually she had gone from one facility to another. And I think, you know, at least for me, being able to know what she was, uh, what was happening for her, for her care was helpful. The other thing that I thought was helpful down the road is eventually one of the people on her healthcare team gave me a call just to clarify about her medications and rationale and what's going on. And although I wasn't actively managing her at that point, but at least it was good for me, I think, for the patient's sake to just have a little bit of context and just to help her get stabilized as she was seeking treatment. So uh, for me, like it's, you know, these are patients who I found that CII CPAR was helpful for me, for the patients who um, you know, they just kind of needed that extra help and the support for the continuity of care. And yeah, so it was really helpful to, or I thought it was really good to be able to connect with the healthcare team because I knew she was moving from facility to facility and just trying to help her into um, stabilizing her situation. So here, even though the patient had left Edmonton, Dr. Lay was still listed as the most responsible provider. Through the magic of e-notifications, <laughs> he was notified of the patient's hospital visits. These e-notifications, they really are another game-changing aspect of CII CPAR, where family physicians, if they're participating, they get those notifications of an eMERGE visit, hospital admission, and hospital discharge. And this information gets pushed into the EMR. Right. And really, what's not to love about that? It's good for patients. It's good for the system. Um, so to that end, we will make sure that we have in the show notes links to all the information that uh, any community provider needs in order to get started on CIICPAR. And with that, we'll end it off with a few comments from Dr. Chris Lay. Uh, medicine is not just a one-person show, you know, we're all part of a team. And so, you know, wherever we are doing our work, whether in community or in the acute care setting, you know, we're just trying to make sure we have the best information available to to make uh, treatment decisions. And so I just was really impressed with how we can contribute to 
the information that we can provide about our patients so that our colleagues in whatever situation they're at, that they can make the best possible decision to help out the patients. Thanks so much for tuning in. Check out the show notes for links to the tools, resources, and websites that were referenced in this podcast. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a comment, tell us what you thought and what you'd like to hear more about. And until next time, grab your hammer and keep building one nail at a time.